What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Diary of an Empath. I'm back today with another solo episode, so I hope you guys are doing well. I want to first start out the episode really quick. I know I usually don't do this, but one of my listeners has a niece who is going through such a difficult time, and I wanted to share some of this information, and I really would love if you guys had a dollar that you can donate. You know, this is not something that I usually ask for, but I feel like it's important. Her name is Kenzie. She's so young. She's just a child, and she's been diagnosed with stage 2 Hodgkin's lymphoma. She's beautiful, funny, spunky, loving, and fierce, and she loves to sing, dance, and bake. She loves to shop and play soccer, and she's been having to um, ongoing all of these chemo treatments. She just started losing her hair. And one of my listeners bravely shaved off her own head so she can just show her niece that, hey, it's okay. I'm, I'm here with you doing this. So I'm going to link the GoFundMe in the show notes. So if you're watching on YouTube, or if you're listening on Spotify, or wherever you listen to the podcast, if you just look below in the show notes, you will see the link. And if you want to donate, the link is there and you would be helping for a very, very, very good cause. Okay, so you know, that actually brought me to the subject that I want to talk about today. And that is being an empath, or being somebody who's highly sensitive, who may be more on the emotional side, how do we deal with impactful events that are around us, whether that's in our personal life, or events in the world? How do we deal with that? Because I feel like for us, it can be a little bit harder or a little bit different than the average person, it may feel different, it may look different. So we have this Titanic thing going on. And for those of you that have been living under a rock, there has been a Titanic submarine. It's a tour and it costs an ungodly amount of money to go on this small little submarine and go down, I believe it's 13,000 feet to the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean where the Titanic is. There's only four in the world that do this. It's not exactly um, regulated. And so there's been some concerns over safety measures and this sub has gone missing. And unfortunately, they only have so many hours of oxygen. And as I'm recording this on Thursday, June 22nd at 3.28 p.m., it is said that they are literally about to run out of oxygen if they haven't already, if they are still alive and they have not been able to find the submarine. And I have been on my phone it feels like almost every single hour checking for updates. And I have found myself feeling extremely overwhelmed, anxious, not really understanding why I'm kind of feeling a little bit depressed. And it hit me. I'm like, there's some really heavy shit going on in the world right now, all over the news. I'm exposing myself to these little micro stressors every single time I check for updates. And it made me start thinking, even with my listeners niece who is going through all of this really difficult time, how do we deal with these things when it sits close, so close to home or even when we're exposed to it and we don't really have a choice but to deal with it? What can we do? What kind of tools can we have in our toolbox in order to get through the day in order to not take on so much energy? Because that's exactly what it is. You are taking on a boatload of energy, no pun intended, that is unbeknownst to you sometimes you may just be feeling heavy 
You may be feeling stressed or anxiety. I don't know if you've ever been scrolling on Instagram or Facebook. And I have found like if I'm on TikTok or Facebook or scrolling for like an hour and I see some videos that are not exactly the best and they may be a little disturbing, I tend to feel really anxious or just not in a really great mood after. And I had to really be careful about doing that because every time that you look at a news feed or a video that's hostile or a little bit stressful, you're exposing yourself to what we call these little micro stressors. It's activating your nervous system in a way that's fight or flight. And so if you're constantly activating that nervous system, and those who have listened to my pod, you know that I love to talk about the nervous system, our body and our brain cannot distinguish reality from truth. And that's even if you're watching certain shows or certain movies. So your body doesn't know if it's a safe situation or it's not. And what I mean by the brain, consciously, you're aware of that. But the brain chemistry and the way that the body reacts doesn't know. So you're in this like heightened sense of alertness. And you may start to feel stressed or overwhelmed or your sleep might be disturbed. And furthermore, for empaths, we are highly sensitive and sensitive to energy and we're sensitive to emotions and feelings of others. And so we are just a little bit more in tuned to picking up those energies and to paying attention to how that may make people feel, or I wonder how they would feel being in the submarine submerged. And so when you're having these events take place in your life, it's really important. Step number one, that you just acknowledge it, acknowledge what you're feeling like, okay, this may not be me feeling this way. This may not be something wrong with me. This might just be outside circumstances that are affecting my energy, outside circumstances that are just affecting my mood. So acknowledging and just understanding it is just key. That's like the first step. You know, they always say the first step with any type of addictions even is just acknowledging that you're an addict. Okay, just acknowledge the fact that what I'm feeling is real. What I'm feeling is true. I'm feeling this in my body. Now, what can I do about it? There are certain situations that I always tell my clients, if you are being drained by a person in your life, if you can remove or create distance with that person, try to do that. It's okay to take time to yourself. Now, I understand that there are certain circumstances where you can't. Like in this listener circumstance, she has a niece who is going through cancer She's got to be there for her niece. She's trying to be there for her family. She's trying to be a support system. That's a lot to take on, and that can lead to burnout. And although it's admirable, and I think it's amazing to be a person who can be that rock for someone going through these horrific things in their life, it's equally important to take care of yourself. Because if you're not putting yourself first, you will run out of fuel, you're not going to have enough to be the best version of yourself. So that way you can help that person or you can take up on that extra energy. So after you acknowledge, hey, I'm I know I'm not feeling my feelings, I'm just taking on a lot of energy, or I know how this is starting to affect me. What can I do for myself to recharge? So recharging might mean putting your phone away. I was checking the phone every hour when it came to the Titanic. And I've even still just now been tempted to do it, but I need a break. 
I need a break. There's nothing I can do to change the outcome. There's nothing that I can do to change the situation. Of course, if I could, I would, but I have to take a break because it's giving me anxiety. It's making my brain spin. I'm losing focus on the things that I need to put focus on today. And most importantly, I can take that time to refuel my own energy. So it's stealing my energy instead of refueling me. So make sure that you're taking time to refuel. Refueling can look many different ways for each individual. Refueling can look like spending time in nature. It can mean spending time with family and friends, people that re-energize you, not drain you. Pay attention to how you feel when you're around people. Doing things that allow you to be creative. Creativeness for empaths is an amazing way to recharge and ground and to focus on your energy. It's, it's very meditative in many ways. It's very much practicing mindfulness. So whether it's drawing or singing or graphic design or making a podcast, whatever that means for you, if you can find a way to get that creative energy flowing, that is an amazing way for people who are highly sensitive or empathic to recharge your energy. Boundaries is another one. I talk about boundaries a lot because as empaths, we tend to be people pleasers. And it's not because we don't care about ourselves. We just understand so much how other people are feeling. We're super compassionate. And a lot of us don't like conflict. It's not to say that we're avoidant because I'm definitely not avoidant. I actually fall more on the anxious attachment side. But I just don't like conflict. I don't want someone to be upset. I want everyone to be content. When people around me are content, my energy is content. And we can be kind of chameleons around different people, right? So if people are content, we can be content. If the energy is kind of like stressful, we get a little bit stressed. So we tend to be people pleasers because we just want everyone to be okay. And we don't want issues. We don't want conflict. We just kind of want an equilibrium. We just want chill. You know, we don't like it when our energy feels razzled. We don't like it when we feel down. We just want to feel content. And so sometimes you may find that you're in situations that you people please a little bit and not really do what you want to do, or you do things at the expense of your own energy just to keep the peace or just to keep them happy. It's important that you have boundaries because what you need is equally as important. Even if that causes a little bit of conflict or makes you feel uncomfortable, get comfortable with feeling uncomfortable because it is a skill. It's something that you have to practice. It's not something that comes natural for anybody who is an empath. It is something you just have to practice when it comes to communication, expressing your needs, and then being okay with upholding the boundary. Because you can't control anyone else. You can only control what you do with that. So if you're going to lay out a boundary, you have to be willing to, to say and to put action towards what you're going to do if they choose not to respect that boundary. And boundaries are important even when it comes to yourself because you have to have boundaries in order to recharge. Boundaries can look like many, many different things. And for those of you that have not heard my episode with Amy Fiedler on boundaries, I highly recommend that you go back and listen to that episode because Amy is phenomenal, which by the way, for those of you that um, are interested in like toxic relationships, healing, moving on to healthier relationships, I'm going to be doing a webinar announcing it next month with Amy. So stay tuned for that. But 
it's important to have boundaries even with yourself because that boundary can look like I'm not going to take on any extra projects because I'm at my max. Because what's going to happen? You take on something extra. You are operating from a tank that is on empty. You're operating a tank that has five miles left on it. If you go empty, you have nothing left to give. So you your, your boundaries are imperative. It's absolutely necessary to have boundaries, even with yourself, because for those of you that are workaholics or work through your trauma to hide it and mask it like me, you have to have boundaries because you will end up doing it to yourself. And sometimes we're the worst one. Sometimes it's not other people that are burning us out. Sometimes it's our own decisions. And even though you're a mom, even though you're a parent, even though you're a working parent, I get it, right? Like sometimes we we don't have control over the responsibilities that we have. But I can guarantee, sorry guys, that's thunder in the background. <laughs> but I can guarantee you that you're spending an hour on your phone each day, maybe more. So what are you doing with your time? That time maybe can be spent in better ways recharging. There was an interesting conversation between Mel Robbins and there was a doctor that was on, I can't remember her name. Um, Honestly, I don't think that she's the first one to say this. I think that she's just kind of the one that's going viral for it. But it brings up a good point. She said that if you're somebody who likes watching crime shows and that relaxes you at night, you may want to question why that relaxes you. Now, devil's advocate, I will say that I think there are some people that watch those types of things and just enjoy the entertainment behind it. However, I do think there's a population who watches those types of episodes and feels calm because they associate calmness and love and normalcy with a heightened nervous system, consciously or unconsciously. And so that nervous system activation feels normal. And we usually gravitate towards what we're familiar with, right? So if we grew up in chronic stress, if we have trauma in our history, we may associate that heightened nervous system with a a normalcy and we may feel gravitated to attract people in situations and shows that return that same sense of normalcy to how our body feels. So we need to pay attention to those things. You may have to change some of your decisions with your everyday life and your everyday routine. So maybe instead of watching a crime series documentary before you go to sleep, maybe you read a chapter in a book. Maybe those little things are ways that you can recharge, especially especially if there's things going on in your life that are taking away more energy than usual. Now, when we're talking about global things that are going on, like this Titanic submarine issue, of course, we're naturally curious. We are humans. It's human nature to be curious. And you have half the population that's like dark humor, no empathy. And then you've got the other half of the population that's more like us where we're super empathic and we're just like taking on so much of this energy when there's like a shooting or when there's a, a global disaster, we tend to feel a heaviness. And it's really hard to explain to those people that don't understand that or who don't feel these ways. Like how could you feel so emotional or so heavy over a situation or people that you've never met that's so far away from you that you have no connections with? How does it affect your everyday life so much? And as an empath, it's just 
we're just so connected with the energy of the earth and consciousness and people around us that it affects our vibration. There's a really interesting thing called the Schumann resonance. And I'm going to try to do an episode with an expert that I'm, I'm working out details now to get him on the show. But for those of you that have never heard about the Schumann resonance, it's really interesting because it's essentially the earth's heartbeat. The earth has a frequency and it does vary. I think there's like eight different frequencies that it varies between. But the interesting thing is, so does the human brain and so does the human heartbeat. Our heartbeats and our brains align with the same frequency as the earth's heartbeat. And there's reasons for that. And so when the earth's heartbeat is off, essentially, I'm again, I'm not getting into the scientific details because I am not the expert on this. But in essence, if, if the earth's heartbeat is off, our heartbeat is off, our frequency is off. And the Schumann resonances frequencies can go up and down for various, various reasonings, like from, you know, the sun to other phenomenons that are happening in, in the universe. But I truly believe that there are certain things that can happen with the frequencies of natural disasters. And, you know, even with weather and with um, death and things that are happening on the earth that can also affect the frequency around us, which therefore affects our energy. So it's equally important that when these global phenomenons and disasters are happening, that we take more care into ourselves to raise our vibration and frequency. And that might mean putting this down, putting your phone away, putting it down and taking a break, doing more things that bring you joy, having boundaries with people around you. And, you know, just really putting yourself first and giving yourself grace to understand like, okay, I acknowledge that I'm feeling like this. Let me do some stuff that I know is going to recharge my energy. Let me go spend some time in nature. Let me meditate. Let me take a two-day break from what I'm doing. Let me not take another project on. Just anything that you can do to just step away and reground your energy and kind of get back to that equilibrium. But to acknowledge and just validate all of you who are feeling like this, sometimes you can't escape it. Sometimes you can't escape the feeling of heaviness when somebody close to you is sick. And when you are trying to be the rock for your family, when you're trying to do everything that you can, you can't always escape that feeling. But adding more fuel to your tank is going to help you. So yeah, maybe you're running on an empty tank, or you're running on a half tank. So you just got to get some extra fuel in there to keep you going. And sometimes that's the best that you can do because every everybody, I, I really truly believe that we're all doing the best that we can on any given day, all of us. So be kind to yourself. I know that this was a short episode and another solo episode. I, I'm sure you guys don't like hearing me talk every episode, <laughs> but because I just got back from Japan, I've had some like scheduling things that I'm trying to get my guests on the right schedule. So don't worry. I have some amazing amazing, amazing guests that are going to be coming on. But on the flip side, I like doing episodes like this because um, I get to hop on and just talk to you guys. And it's very therapeutic for me. And I like doing this every once in a while, because this is how I started doing solo episodes. Um, another thing that I really want to point out with you guys too, most of you know that I'm a tarot reader, and I do uh, psychic readings on top of my therapy, but I'm also a coach. And the interesting thing I think that gives me a good perspective is having that clinical background and being able to have that spiritual 
component. Um, I think I bring a, a very interesting perspective to my coaching. So I am going to be taking on two clients. I have two open spots for my one-on-one coaching. So if you're interested, please shoot me a message. Serious inquiries only. If you're ready to learn and grow and you're really serious about your healing journey, then please let me know. Got two spots open. So until next time, see you on the next episode of Diary of an Empath. <music>